up everybody we are back and we're putting the lotion in the basket welcome to real chronicles brought to you by realtalking.com i'm your host david i am joined with today ryan would you fuck me i'd fuck me me hard (laughs) and leo give me a second i gotta refill my chianti (laughs) let me tell you something i think ryan has been trying to use that line forever (laughs) And now that he knows where it actually comes from, I think he's right. Been, like I always knew where it came from. I just never seen the source until this week. Doesn't it make it funnier? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like such a serious movie, and then they use it for such comedy and clerks. Um, but yeah, it's always fun. it's always fun understanding like the tropes and the popular stuff, and you're like where it comes from. You're like, oh man, this is dope. Yeah. So we by our lovely introductions we're actually covering the 30th anniversary of one of the best best picture winners of all time the silence of the lambs uh we're also going to talk about its predecessor manhunter and the other movies in the franchise but before we get into that we got a lot of news to cover today ryan you can go away for now uh i know leo likes facts and stats so i gotta throw at him some stats and facts uh so wga and pga winners were announced this week i'll start with pga pga is the only organization that votes for their best picture the way the oscars vote for best picture hey, hey, pga is producers right wga Cor- is writers correct so, winner of PGA this year was Nomadland. Um, mm. It's not over. I think it's close, as close to over as it could be because 1917 last year won everything and then lost to Parasite. So, yeah. it's not over, but it's as close to over as, as it gets. Um, WGA went with Promising Young Woman in Original Screenplay, which really really helps its oscar chances and um a movie that i got jenny to see this week leo borat won adapted screenplay at wga adapted screenplay wow okay and jenny liked the movie <laughs> she was nice. shocked that she liked the movie so uh it has no shot of winning the oscar the only reason it won is because nomadland and uh the father wasn't here because they didn't qualify because wga oh. and their stupid ancient rules uh all right ryan you can come back now <laughs> okay, cool. What's happening, guys? <laughs> so, yeah, the Oscars. People, people won awards. You know, same yeah, old, same old. <laughs> the Oscars are in two weeks. Sat- Leo's favorite show is next weekend, SAG. Yes! And uh, I-, I hope we get to hear why everyone's an actor. So that, sh- that should be fun. Uh, next bit of news. Black Widow and Cruella are going to premiere on Disney+, Plus, amongst other movies that I'm bringing up as well. But I kind of wanted to focus on these two. They are going to premiere with a $30 price. And they're going to be a day and date release within theaters as well. I'll kick it off with Ryan. What did, are you, I don't think you're shocked. Are no. you more? Are you more of it's about fucking time? Yeah, like if you're going to know you're going to release it, you know, day and date, then get it out now. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah I, I agree. Totally agree. I wonder. Like, I think Disney Plus has a, a model that you release one big thing a month. 
And I think that's why they moved Black Widow. I actually don't think it has to do with the pandemic this time. I think they wanted to just keep Cruella in May and they didn't want to overdo it with uh, two releases on premiere in the same month. Uh, Leo, what what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I totally like that because I think that kind of even mimics the model that they had when they first started the MCU. Mm-hmm. When it was like one movie a season and then it got bigger and it was like two movies a year. Because like even even right now in March, um, we got Winter Soldier Falcon plus we got the thing that just premiered this past week with um with the mighty ducks yep so it's like they're starting to get into the flow of what their normal calendar looks like honestly what i'm most excited about is through the fact that it's been pushed and pushed and pushed there's been no talks about any dumb reshoots or any things they've had to add to it so like i don't i I feel like the movie was still gonna fit into the mcu the way it was meant to fit into the mcu and i think what works out for us as mcu fans is we waited two years at this point when it comes out, it'll be over two years since we got a Marvel uh, Marvel release because uh, Spider-Man was July 4th weekend, I believe. Uh, this means that in the next six months, starting from July, we're getting four MCU movies. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> so we're getting Black Widow, July. We're getting Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which moves to September. We're getting the Eternals, and we are getting Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man, then the Eternals. And I think now with Chloe about to win an Oscar, I think that movie's going to have a lot more hype to it. because Right, dude? How do you feel right now that you've been hyping this director before she even got the like, Marvel thing, and it's like now everyone's going to know her name? Feels good. Feels good. It, it's, uh, she's a very interesting director, like I said. I don't know what the Eternals are going to be, but if it's based on her other movies, there's going to be a lot of character development, which is what those specific characters need because they had such a... They had such a small run in the comics that I think that's very important for us to give a shit about them. Uh, the other movies, like I mentioned, Cruella's a big one. I think Cruella would do well on there because it feels like a movie that's going to be seen by a lot of families. And they don't want to have to pay the what it would be like $100 to go to the movies for a family of four type of thing. Emma Stone is a superstar. I think she'll sell it on on that alone. I think that'll do well on 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 the premium i think i'm gonna see i'm gonna see both of these in theaters i thought i'm I'm, I'm fully vaccinated i think i'll be okay with going to see them both in theaters and then the other disney pixar luca is move is going to have a soul release they're not going to be in uh in premium plus it's actually just going to be dropped for free on on in july i believe and then we're also getting Free Guy moves to August 13th. The Kingsman moves to December 22nd. Deep Water moves to January 14, 2022. And, and Death on the Nile moves to February twenty February 11, 2022. What's ironic with that release is that there's a chance that uh, it may get reshot since Army Hammer's in it. Yeah, I've been hearing rumors about like they, that they're bringing back the, the female lead uh, with Gal Gadot, right? Yeah. And they're bringing her back to like shoot bigger scenes or like expand her scenes. But then I also heard that most of her scenes are with Army Hammer. Yeah, so that makes sense. So it wouldn't shock me if they just reshoot everything with him. They better get nice. to it now because she's pregnant. So uh, she'll be having the baby bum soon. So she needs to. If they're going to film, they need to film relatively soon. Uh, so bra- brace yourselves, fans. There's going to be an Army Hammer cut of that movie. So oh my god, know, stop! Get your hashtag stop. Ready. Um. Ironic you say that, Leo, because the the rest of the news is actually all DC related. I find it not a coincidence that the week the Snyder Cut releases, 
DC is completely moving into the future and dropped a shit ton of DC content and news. So the first one is Helen Mirren's joining the cast as Shazam Fury of the Gods, which I love. Pierce Brosnan is joining the cast of Black Adam. Love that. And love the character that. Dr. Fate. Oh my God. So, yeah. Do you know a little bit about Dr. Fate, Leo? Uh, so it's funny. All I know from like the DC characters and their catalog is kind of like what I learned from the DC movie. So like Ryan's way more versed in it than I am. I kind of like as a as like a Marvel groupie and like I think Doctor Fate is like the Doctor Strange. So like, like okay, fits <laughs> with a helmet. Ryan, do you know a little bit of information on that? <laughs> you give me way too much credit with that. One. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. If I understand correctly, you put on the helmet, you get transported into a whole nother dimension, and you gain mystical powers, and it's kind of, you're kind of like, it's kind of like Shazam, but not Shazam. Gotcha. <laughs> so he, is he a villain, or is he a... No, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, okay. He's like a tween, but he's also a tweener, like he's... Gotcha. He, yeah, best way to put him, he's a tweener. Yeah, and I think he's also like the Green Lantern type of model where it's like it changes the person. Like, so, like, you've yeah. gotten a few different Dr. Fates through the years. Yes. One of them is like a cocky actor, one of them is like a little older guy. So, like, it's, but yeah, I just think Pierre Brosnan in a role that's kind of like Dr. Strange is like fantastic. It's funny, like, we always talk about the Green Lantern on and off. It's his powers are so hilarious to me. He has to charge his ring like a cell phone, and he has to say a say a little like a poem to become the Green Lantern, dude. I don't got that much time to sit. Like, what if what if you're you're in a let's say you're Hal Jordan and you are walking across the bank, right? And the bank is being robbed, and the ba- bank robbers are escaping. You got to get the ring out of your pocket. You got to put it back on. And let's just say he is wearing the ring. We're gonna say he's wearing the ring. He's got to say that fucking poem. Before the cop, before the robbers leave, it's a little bit much, right? Okay, first of all, he doesn't <laughs> have to say it every time. He just says it. He just maybe he already has it charged before he leaves the house. And secondly, Ryan's very no evil shall escape my mind. Ryan's very defensive of the Green Lantern. <laughs> At least Shazam, he just says Shazam, and it's a wrap. But yeah, I just always found that funny. I think, I think Shazam's is funnier because it's like you gotta be careful to never say Shazam by accident. Oh yeah, because then we just know who that is. Yeah, that's true. Um, in a little bit sadder news, I actually, I always made sure to report this as a rumor, never confirmed. So the Michael Keaton stuff. So Michael Keaton may not reprise his role as Batman in the Flash after all. So uh, reasons of that is COVID related and. Um, just speaking about like what it would do to that character as a whole, so he's not sure if he wants to come back. So, uh, Ryan, any thoughts? If those are reasons, and totally understandable. Hopefully, if, if he's not feeling if he's not feeling well, hopefully he feels better, and just hopefully everything works out for sure. Leo, any thoughts on that? I mean, it's 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 Keaton. He's respected the legend of this of this of this character of the 1989 Batman. So anything he is doing to save that, I'm like, I'm I'm all for it. Like, I, I'm not gonna. He's I'm not gonna just start like second guessing him now. He's been pretty good with that material for since 1889. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, the world could be a different place by the time they start really getting into the what his scenes if they need to do that so we'll see what happens next up listen there is nothing better than being wrong about a movie and still get to make fun of a cult so (laughs) 
I've admitted I was wrong, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it in a little bit about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I loved it. It's my number two of the year so far. But all I said last week on the podcast, I said, and I don't know if you guys listened, but pretty much what I said was, I wanted that energy for all the people that started this hashtag when Man of Steel and Batman v Superman failed at the box office. Where the mm-hmm. fuck was this energy? Warners would not have given up on them if it wasn't for the terrible box office that both movies exactly. had. Cool. You got your Snyder cut. I'm glad it exists. We loved it. We're going to talk about it again here in a few minutes. But the latest news is that Zack Snyder's Justice League did not even top Wonder Woman 1984 and HBO streams. Talk to me, folks. Tell me <laughs> what is going on here, Leo. Tell me what is going on. This cult has been unfathomably annoying over the past few days with this Restore the Snyderverse garbage. And they couldn't even get their movie as the number one stream film on HBO Max of all time. What is going on, Leo? Help me understand this. So here's where I think this is coming from. The Snyder Cut fandom is only for those fanboys, right? Mm-hmm. Like this movie getting a four hour superhero movie by Zack Snyder is not going to appeal to everybody. No. It's going to appeal to the fanboys that were pushing the hashtag to get the movie made. It's going to appeal to people like us who are on the other side of the fence. We're like, all right, let's see if it's really even that good. Um, but it's not the type of movie you're going to bring your like, your, your, your friends, too, if they have no interest in comic book movies. Um, Wonder Woman is not that. Wonder Woman appealed to many different people. Even if you didn't know the source material, Gal Gadot was like a, a really good way to introduce like casuals to comic book movies. Snyder Cut is like, you need to be, you have to have an, an advanced degree in comic book fandom yep. to watch that movie. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? Oh, it's fine that you say that because I actually, although she's watched movies, she doesn't know much. I actually made uh, my mother-in-law watch the Snyder Cut last Monday. That was kind of fun. How did that go? (laughs) She somewhat, she didn't complain. She thought it was good. That's all she really said about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They needed a break. They couldn't do it in one sitting like I did. It was actually, I did two viewing. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But on the subject... It is insane that there was so much push for it and it wasn't number one at all. Like, what's wrong with you people? It wasn't even the number, I believe. I correct. I have to double check this. I can confirm if I was wrong next week. I don't believe it was even the number one stream comic book entity property of the weekend I was, it's so funny dave i was going to ask how did falcon and winter soldier do the next day so falcon and winter soldier is officially the biggest premiere in, in of any show on disney plus over the mandalorian over wandavision and i believe it is it got higher viewing numbers and streaming numbers than uh justice league amazing Listen, I love to be wrong and right at the same time. This is fucking hilarious to me. Hilarious. And film Twitter is like restore the Steinerverse, restore the Steinerverse. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to, um, I believe it's Burns Reviews on Instagram. He posted something yesterday. He's like, it's getting very annoying to seeing everything just about the Snyder Cut. Like, get over it. It was a good movie. Let's move on. And that's what DC is essentially doing here. Uh, Warner Brothers... Warner Brothers Media CEO confirms that there are no further entries. There will be no further entries in the Snyderverse. 
I am fine with this. I spoke about it um, off the line to you guys, and I think if this was an HBO Max series, like if Snyderverse was just on HBO Max, I think this would work. Uh, we spoke about it last week on the podcast. My main reason for that is that if this movie that exists that we got this week would have never been released in theaters, no fucking studio no would way. say, hey, you know what? We're going to release a four-hour movie in theaters the, no, that's even indie movies don't even get to be four hours. It just it's not something that really is feasible when you're trying to make money. So this is why this movie works because it is that long and it has so much to take in in terms of character development. But so yeah, so no further entries in the Snyderverse. Uh, Ryan, not surprised, right? No, not at all. I mean, yeah, no. And then <laughs> any other comments on that, Leo? Uh, not surprised. Little bummed, right? I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like even when the first iteration of the movie came out, like there were parts of that that I was like, oh, I want to know more about this. I, it would be cool. Here's my thing. I was I never wanted the DCEU to fail. Right? I. I may be a Marvel yeah. fan, but I never wanted it to fail. I wanted it to succeed so we can have more content. Um, and like the stuff that they alluded to and were trying to build towards in the Snyder cut. I mean, bro, who wouldn't want to see those, like, actually fleshed out? Like, Snyder did a really good job of trying to merge comic book stuff with, like, the video game stuff. And I'm like, it's a little bum. But I will say this. DC Warner Brothers has, once upon a time, also said, we're never going to release the Snyder guy. Touche. So, Touche. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, same here. The, um... I give Snyder a very high A plus grade for uh, trolling by shooting a scene, uh, reshooting a scene that essentially sets up a sequel <laughs> because the nightmare sequence, that's exactly what it does. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you guys. And then last bit of news, also DC Suicide Squad trailer. I want. I want awesome. yeah, I want James Gunn to to just direct every team up movie in the history of like comic <laughs> books for the rest of his life. Uh, this looks fantastic. I will say that the takeaway of the trailer was star of the trailer. I think for me is John Cena. Like Cena was hilarious. Like, you know, the, I like what I love most is like Cena's just being John Cena. Yeah. Like he's not being like like a super like serious character. Like he's not trying to act. He's just being, being him, him, which yeah. is fantastic. Go ahead, uh, Ryan thoughts. I'm just saying, if this island was full of dicks and I had to eat every dick on this <laughs> for liberty, I'd do it right away. I forget how he ended. I apologize. I fucked it up. <laughs> no, you're right. He did steal the show, and so I think so did King Shark. Yes. <laughs> do you do you and, know who's play? Do you know who's playing him? Um, shit, I do, but I can't remember. Sylvester, my Sylvester head. Stallone. That's right. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but. Okay, I have to ask. Based off a of look only, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, King Shark, or Flash King Shark? So I want to I want to jump on that real quick. I actually had that in my notes. Uh, so James Gunn actually had a reply to someone on Twitter because uh, they were like, "Why does King Shark look so different?" So apparently, it's because of the eyes. He said he he found him. It would be more. Di- he found it more distracting when with the eyes out, like when it's comic comic uh accurate because it didn't look like king shark was talking to someone straight in the face like looking at them at the face so that's why he shot he designed king shark to look like that so i don't really have a problem once he I got heard, on I twitter heard people, I, was, I heard some people had comments about like the that the flash shark or the comic book shark king shark is like ripped but like yeah. the movie one is like a dad bod people oh is that what you're that? is that what you're talking about right 
uh, yeah, no, just yeah. Overall, look, I don't like. I'm not saying I'm complaining about either way. I'm just asking about which one would you guys prefer? Oh, I'm I'm fine with this one. I mean, like, I mean, the one on the uh, for Suicide Squad looks more like the one from the animated series, so I'm digging mm-hmm. it. Yeah, same, same, right, same. Yeah, this look this looks great. I, it looks like he did with this what he would have done with um with Guardians if it was rated R. Like, yeah, so it's funny, yes. Dave. I couldn't help but think of you when I saw the trailer because this is like you you have this like saying or this phrase, and like it kind of came to mind when I watched the trailer. It's like so Guardians one was like him showing us what he could do with little known characters that no one really cares about. He's like, I can make you care for a tree. This was him sticking his dick out, putting it on the table. Yes. Like, Look at me now. Like <laughs> he's it's, putting everyone in this. It's one of those situations where like. I think he was motivated because Marvel had let him go. Remember, he filmed this because Marvel let him go. So he probably want. That's why I think this is gonna be so good because he probably wanted to show Marvel like, look what you let, look what you let go. Ironically, he's back. So it's like, it, it's just crazy how the world works. Uh, I I am excited. I cannot wait. I I fully expect this to jump into my top three DC films because of how how fun of a director he is and. I I think I can't wait to see scenes with Margot and uh and John Cena. I think those two So are like he's back with Marvel, correct? So yes. he yes, could yes. do Deadpool three, supposedly. I could see that. That would be, that would be dope. Be I mean it can't get any worse than Deadpool two, so I'm all I'm all, <laughs> I'm all in. Like I, I I'm sorry, I know you guys are I think you guys are big on it. I'm not too big I'm on that. I'm not Deadpool big on too. it. Like not it's not a, I think if it was one, then we wouldn't have gotten two, but it's not. But yeah, no, it doesn't hold a candle to one, but I don't yeah, hate yeah. it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. I just don't think I wish they would have been a little bit more original with two yeah. instead yeah. of what they did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that wraps up all the news for the week. This was uh, I this was a fun filled week of DC news, which is always mm-hmm. it's good to talk about DC for once in a good light, not a negative <laughs> light. Um, so let's get into what we watched. Uh, I'm, I know what we're going to finish on, so I'm just going to run through mine real quick. So I saw, I tried to do some blind spots this week. I saw this movie called Margin Call. It's, uh, it's one of the best business movies I've ever seen. It's actually, it's uh, directed by JC Chandor. It was his first movie. He also directed a most violent year, which I love. Uh, it's, stacked i i don't know how you feel about watching kevin spacey movies he is in the movie but the movie itself is really intriguing and it's only about 100 minutes so it's not too too long but this cast is kevin spacey paul bettany jeremy irons zachary quinto penn bagley demi moore stanley tucci i mean come on (laughs) Come that on. movie has like they have char- they have actors from every single fandom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap! You mentioned the heroes, Star Trek, uh, Marvel, DC. I'm like, damn. Yeah, no, it's really solid. It's actually play- it's on Peacock right now. It's about ten years old, but I've been it, it was a blind spot for me, and it's fantastic. I also saw Safety Not Guaranteed, another blind spot. So you guys don't know who Col- you guys know who Colin Trevorrow is, right? Yes. So he, no. you really don't. No. So he directed Jurassic World. He was going to direct the last Star Wars movie, and then he got fired, and they brought uh, JJ okay. back. So he got the Jurassic World job after he directed Safety Not Guaranteed, and that movie, I understand why he got a big job, 
but I don't understand how the director that directed this movie directed those other movies because this is really, really good. So I talked about cast before, Leo, Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass, Jake Johnson, Jeff Garland. That's all I need to say. Yo, this movie is like dark comedy personified. It actually is a dark comedy. It is a dark comedy. So it's on Netflix if you guys want to check it out. And that one's from 2012. Uh, I love it. You said that that was called um, Safety Safety Not Guaranteed. guaranteed, Yeah. Uh, It's very short, too. I think it's only like 87 minutes. So it's not even that long anyway. Uh, The other movie that I wanted to talk about that I saw, I saw a movie called Slacks. And for any person that likes horror and likes ridiculous horror... Uh, this movie's about killer genes. Of course it is. That makes sense. <laughs> and Leo, these killer genes have an origin story. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Wait, are they? But they're, they're killer denim jeans, right? They're not yes. like khakis. No, they're denim denim jeans. Got it. Uh, like, do they kill by like getting too tight, or do they move on their own? Like they I move on. They, so the no, fir- no, Dave, 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 Dave. I what? feel like Rye should watch if he wants to know. <laughs> that is true, but I will say it's one or the other. <laughs> um, and then the other blind spot that I fuck <laughs> the only the the only other blind spot that I saw this week. I've always heard about this movie, and I saw how terrible it's rated, but I uh, I never saw it. Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Oh, I love cocktail. So t- cocktail is like seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I saw it made like so much money, and I was like. Yes. It influenced so many people to try to be bartenders. My God, like I lo- I low key loved it. I didn't even know. Right? I, I didn't expect to love it. Like I will say, uh, this was Tom Cruise's first Razzie nomination. But I think what should have gotten the Razzie was his hair, because I think they reshot this movie because his hairstyle is different throughout the entire movie. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Elizabeth Shue. I think this was her peak. Like she was gorgeous in this movie. The movie's ridiculous. Like none of us can be bar. Like I, I think it's. I'm gonna call bullshit on him being that good of a bartender after like one day. <laughs> well, if you follow all Coughlin's law, you know, I guess anyone can be a fantastic bartender. I will say the movie goes in dark fucking places, and I didn't yes, expect. I did not. I thought it was just gonna be like a bartending comedy. It definitely is that, but it's a lot more. <laughs> and then the other, the uh, the other TV stuff that I um that I saw was uh, The Mighty Ducks. Did you guys get a chance to see that yet? No, nah, but I wanted to no. binge the movie. So Lent's almost over. <laughs> Once those shackles are, are off, I'm going to watch all the movies and then start the series. So all I'll say is I loved it. This feels like Disney found their Cobra Kai. Wow. That's it, big. That's big. That's, that, that's big. That's big like compliment right yeah, there. And like, it, it's not as good as Cobra Kai, but it's very good. Like this feels like what they did with Cobra Kai. Like you're still going to have these old characters, but you're going to introduce a brand new set of heroes and villains for the story, which I really, really like. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, Leo, I'll let once you do and Justice League, we can talk about. Um, so Ryan, go ahead. What do you got? Um, all I got is Justice League. So if Leo wants to go, then we can do Justice League. We'll do Justice uh. League last. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Obviously, watch Justice League, and actually, Dave, my my most of my watch list this week was like DC heavy as well. I'm so proud so of you, Leo. Like, just I didn't really watch any movies, mostly TV shows. But uh, Batwoman, meh. The Flash. I told you, Ryan. I freaking told you. I know. Be back, I know. Bro. The minute it happened, I'm like, shit. Did Leo they bring like, him back already? 
Dude, the next episode, another version Dude, of Freaking Wells comes back. The fl- I listen. I have. I'm not up to date. I just let Ryan spoil it. Dude, it's that show brings people back from the dead more than any other show I'd see. I think on TV. It's incredible. It's incredible because they don't even bring them back all through like time travel with Barry. They find other ways to bring people back. I'm like, wow, this is you're not even you're making comic book deaths and reincarnations like look bad. Yeah, I, and it's funny because I don't know if you guys agree. I think Grant Grant Gustin is the heart of the show, of course, him and Iris. But I think Wells is just as much as important key to that show's success because everyone loves him. I agree. So you can't. I, I don't think you could kill him off like for real i agree i think the show starts going into like and i don't know if, i don't know if ryan agrees but i think sometimes it gets inundated with too many side characters where it's like it's yeah. starting to take away from like the main characters like you said the heart of the show and i'm like i don't i mean i get it some of these are really likable characters but i don't want to know too much about them i want to know more about barry and, and and whichever wells they've given me at the time <laughs> um, just give me barry uh, Cisco, Frost, and Iris. Yes. That's it. That's Bingo. all I need. Bingo. Like, have a long-gated man come in here and there. Have the new tech guy come in here and there. But Didn't an elongated man get replaced because of some controversy, or are you still on? So they found a very clever way to bring him back. I was wondering how they were going to address that. So his storyline, what happens, he, he, he went away, right, with his girlfriend. Something happened where they brought him back, but he was involved in a crazy attack. So his powers protected him from an explosion, but his face was all disfigured through CGI. So you didn't see him. You didn't see the actor at all, but the character came back. Nice. Um, I watched Superman and Lois. Still loving it. I still have to catch um, up. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you're, it's, 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 they're still building. There's still a lot of building going on on the show and a lot of like um, stuff about like the kids and like the way they're coping with everything but the show's still really really strong um riverdale uh it's still it's a typical cw show let's leave it at that there was a seven year time jump this season excuse um, me yeah seven years have passed these actually guys when you guys graduated high school did you keep in touch with your best friends mm, yeah. I would say yes because I went to college with them. Okay, but there was some type of like you kept you kept in touch with like these friends that you've made in high school. For the most part, yeah, and, yeah. So the 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 main characters of Riverdale, like you're talking about Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead, everyone graduated and nobody talked to each other for seven years. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> it was. I'm like, wait. This I, I, on a show with multiple like serial killers and crazy like like just plot with plot lines. The most unbelievable thing for me is like none of you motherfuckers talk to each other in seven years. Do you know what? And, Ver- and it's funny because you watch Riverdale and you've seen this show, and there are char- there are actors from Riverdale that were on the show. You know what Riverdale feels like to me? A teenage Twin Peaks. Oh yes, so much, Be- so much yes. And you know who uh, Betty's mom is, right? She's in yes. Twin Peaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what it feels like to me. From and right. I and I haven't watched it in a season or two, but like the first two or three seasons really do feel like um like Twin Peaks. Actually, so it's funny they actually had a slight homage to Silence of the Lambs in this uh, last week's episode. Oh, uh, nice! So I, I thought it was cool, but uh, I'm watching Legacies. This is Us, Mayans, 
and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cool. So uh, before we get into Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, I started Star Trek The Next Generation. I used to watch it as a little kid, like here and wow. there. So I saw it was on Paramount Plus, and I was like, let me give this a shot. And Leo's like our Star Trek expert here. So yeah. he said, give it a shot and go for it because it's not really there's no continuity to the original series, so very little. Yeah. So yeah, so I started. It's pretty entertaining so far. Uh, so Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm gonna say it from the jump. I like the series as a whole more than Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, a different, it's a different. It's a different. Right, yeah, I don't talk spoilers. Different. I'm gonna step out. No, we'll we'll avoid the spoilers. We'll avoid the spoilers. You can stay right. So, so um, I, you agree on terms of the quality? Yeah, man, it's a very different feel, right? It's it's not as uh, I don't want to say goofy because it's not that winter. It's not Wandavision was goofy, but it was a very different like type of vibe this, to it. This, this, feels, this feels this feels like, like Marvel. Yeah, this feels like you're literally watching an extension of like Captain America, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War. <laughs> like yeah. this feels like very like general basic like a uh, political thriller marvel yeah yeah i i agree i think that um i'm i'm more curious as to why the buzz the viewership numbers are very high but the buzz isn't there like on film twitter like no one's really talking about it i guess because of wandavision you kind of expected a twist every week because it took mm-hmm. so long mm-hmm. for them to get to somewhere um with here it's just naturally just really good from start to finish mm-hmm. have ryan did you at least see the first episode yeah. Okay, so we can so we can talk about that. Why Russell as US agent is the greatest thing I've seen on television this year. I like it's like he was bo- it's like just like Chris Evans was born to be capped, like why Russell was born to be a US agent. <laughs> I I um I wasn't sure how I felt about him the first episode with the look. I he had the annoying asshole look from that first glimpse. And when this and this isn't spoiler right, but the the origin story in the first in the first few minutes of the episode, I'm like, am I supposed to like this guy? And then as the episode progressed, I'm like, nope, I'm not supposed to like this guy at all. Yeah, and then the slight exchanges he has with the main characters on the show, you're like, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> and the only and then uh, Ryan, I'll ask you, what do you think of the first episode? And did you really like it, or what did it? Miss I really for you? liked it, but I liked One Division better. Interesting. Okay. D- d- why? I don't know. Like, I think it was a little bit more intrigue for One Division. Like, I had no idea what was going on with One Division, but I think everything with Mo- with uh, I'm sorry, with Winter Soldier was very on the fl- like. Here it is. Here's what's going on. You know what I mean? So I think that was a little bit of it. I, I make if I'm making any sense. No, I do. I, I do. I do. I will say like. Sam's an idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so mad at him. Like I, I knew, like I understand why Bucky's pissed off at him because, dude, like you didn't see this coming. <laughs> like you did not see this coming. Um, the only thing I wanted to mention with, uh, within the second episode that I won't spoil for Ryan is the um the reveal of that super soldier, and this is definitely going to go into that story in the comics if you know what I'm talking about, Leo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So this actually does I do like where they're going. Um Yeah, so Ryan, when you when you watch it next week, you can you can chime in. Uh and then Justice League. I we talked about it in detail uh last week. I'll let Ryan and Leo kinda take over and I'll just give my quick two cents here. Something I said last week, 
for Ryan and Leo, I think Wonder Woman watched Infinity War because she definitely went for the head. <laughs> and, I even made the joke should have gone for the head. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh I loved it. I will say now that I've sat on it for a bit, I can say and something I said last week too was that while I loved it, there was more filler than there should be. There's a nice three and a half, three hour, three and a half hour fit of this movie. Like the flash scene I love. But it's it has zero bearing to the actual story of the, this specific movie. But I love the, the that scene as a whole. Uh, Ryan, go ahead. I know you were you, all three of us were like, "Fuck this movie!" So go ahead, Ryan. I was wrong. Um, no, it was a really good movie. I I was enthralled from beginning to end. I, but you're right, it didn't have to be as long as it was. There are moments I'm like, okay, that was unnecessary. This is unnecessary. That's unnecessary. Like, I, I'm like, that would be, like, if I was playing editor for some reason, especially on the second time around. <clears throat> Excuse me. But no, uh, Stephen Wolf actually looked a lot better this time around. Uh, Dark Side looked amazing. Um, story made a lot more sense it reminded me a lot of watching bvs extended cut it was just like okay everything just makes a lot more sense the story's just a lot better but this time there's no fucking martha or anything moment that gets a lot better of a movie um it's just i just really enjoyed it the only complaint that it's funny because me and casey both looked at each other afterward and we're both like damn they didn't have the aquaman sitting on the lasso scene because that was gold <laughs> but besides that it was a really fun movie um i still don't get why those ladies were singing for aquaman at the very beginning like that made no sense to me oh, thank you um, so much for bringing that up <laughs> <laughs> like that was just like between that and the slow-mo and you're right with barry scene like there was no more build on that like that was just like hey like, if you give us more movies, we'll build on this. Like, I feel like it was a commercial for more movies is what it was. But, yeah. Leo. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, it was a great movie, right? Uh, it was fun to watch. Oh, it's, it's weird to say fun to watch with a Snyder movie. But it was good <laughs> to watch. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't hate Justice League, like, the cinematic version of it. I, I I I hated what it stood for. Like I'm not a fan of what DC was trying to do with like the trying to speed up the process just to go head to head against Marvel, right? And I think that that's what even Snyder the Snyder cut shows that, or it's like you're trying to world build at the same time of your unison movie, where it's like that's that's a lot to handle in one in one film. Um, overall, I I can't wait to see it again. Um, I think even on the first watch though, I noticed that there was like. There was it was too much slow motion. Ten um, percent of the movie. Yeah, dude. When you brought me the when you when you threw me the stats, I'm like it felt a lot. Like and, and this is someone coming from someone that I enjoy Sucker Punch. I enjoy <sighs> three. I, I enjoy three hundred. Like I do enjoy Snyder movies, but even I had to be like, why am I watching Lois Lane in slow motion going to get coffee? <laughs> like that makes no sense to me. I'm like, I see slow motion like needed in certain scenes, but I'm like, I I know she's depressed. Her husband just died. I don't need you to slow down her walk for me to know that she's depressed. She uh, can slow down her walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She could just walk slower. She could be sad. <laughs> um, 
I, I already talked to you guys uh, off the line. I personally am not a fan of the Ezra Ezra Flash. I think it's it's a way for DC to kind of get a Tom Holland-like person in the movie, where he's like younger and goofy and a fanboy of the heroes. But Flash is not a fanboy of the heroes. Flash is his own hero. Um, and I, I'm just not a fan of it. I think Ezra's performance was fantastic for what they needed him to do. But I just, I just wouldn't have gone that route with the character. Um, Ray Fisher's performance, I thought, was really, really fantastic. And it's, it sucks the way that whole thing played itself out afterwards with, I mean, just everything in general with him. Um, overall, the look was cool. The CGI was cool. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a fantastic movie. It's a bummer. I think I thought the nightmare, the nightmare scenes were so cool and captivating. Mm-hmm. I mean, some may even say it was the greatest conversation between Joker and Batman. Shut up, this- Leo. <laughs> but, uh, I would have loved to see more from that. Like that's something I would have loved to actually seen expanded. And that freaking um, that uh, that stroke at the end with Lex Luthor. I'm like, oh my gosh, why couldn't we like? continue this little by little what but do you guys think of cyborg much better. much better yeah like i don't like how he went about everything but i he definitely has a beef like i totally understand why he has beef and i'm with you leo i don't hate the 2017 uh, jl now essentially you have two movies because yeah. the, you you want a campy version of jl you got your campy version of jl you want a more serious operatic Version of JL, you got this with the Snyder Cut. So I think everyone's happy in the long run. Uh, yeah, so will we get anything you guys else? Think, believe that they're making a black and white version? It already came out. <laughs> the, black and, the black and white version came out two days ago. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, t- I took a look at it because the funny thing is uh, they said that if you guys notice, the Joker doesn't even say we live in a society in the movie. And I had heard a rumor that it may be in the uh, in the the black and white version. Uh, I took a look at it, and negative. It is not in the black and white version. It is the exact same movie. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. So and just and just and just for for our listeners, just to kind of like forever who doesn't know the reason the Snyder Cut exists or the reason that they had to sh- like shoot another movie was because Zack Snyder had suffered a tragedy while he was filming the original movie and. Then during the switch over to the Joss Whedon, um, what happened there was DC had a lot of feedback from what had happened on the Marvel side, which like I think uh, like they were having more success with like the happier, brighter stuff. And then there was I think um, Ju- a Suicide Squad had come out, right, Dave? And it didn't get that good of a review. No, so they re-edited it. Su- Suicide Squad was reshot also. Reshot or re-edited. Ironically, Suicide Squad was edited by a movie trailer company, so it kind of shows why that movie fucking is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they they asked Whedon to, I guess, Marvelize it. Yeah, Marvelize it. And like you can tell because they they, like some of those jokes were just like you fit like they just they don't really fit the flow of the movie. Um, Personally, I'm not a fan of the lasso scene. I think the lasso scene is corny. So do I. I think it's super corny. Yeah, uh, and I will say, and I will say, like to touch on the Whedon stuff. You know, whatever's going on with Weena right now, he's a terrible person, and that's a subject I'm not here to talk about. But let's not call let's call a spade a spade. Not you, you guys per se, but all this bashing Josh Whedon was not around when they brought him in for Justice League. I remember everyone being very happy that Josh Whedon was coming in 
to exactly. to reshoot yep. Justice League because of the success he had with Marvel. So it's just ironic, like you know, everyone everyone wants to change the narrative. He is persona non grata now, and deliberately so. He's an asshole, but in 2017, yep. he people love him coming on the scene. So yep. yeah, so. Yeah, so that wraps up the conversation on on the Snyder Cut. It is currently on HBO Max, and if you're going to watch it, be prepared for a very, very, very long movie. It is the second longest movie I've ever seen. So, What's the first? Uh, the Lord of the Rings or Return of the King. It's almost five hours. Oh, you the extended cut, right? The extended right? cut, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the original cut is three hours and, like, 40 something minutes and then the director's cut the extended cut adds even more it's crazy you can you know how you can you think you can't make perfection better but they do oh dude so you i was gonna ask i'm like is it better it is better it is better yeah uh perfection i mean the oscar said so by it being the most the winningest movie in the history of the academy awards so yes perfection um Perfection. Ryan, you like Suicide Squad. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh wait, remember, remember, Dave. Like that. If you're, if anyone's ever interested in learning more about that battle that happens in the Snyder Cut between like the people of Earth and the different sides of like Atlantis and humans and like how they all fight that one big bad, I suggest watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep, because that is exactly what happens. And Mother Boxes. Are just the the, tw- the what is it the nine rings? The nine rings. The yeah, nine the rings. rings. It's the it is exactly the, the same thing. And guess what, Ryan? Like the Justice League walks, the hobbits and everyone else walks too. It's crazy. It's like uh, Sauron is Darkseid. Exactly, and Saruman is Steppenwolf. Amazing. <laughs> Okay, everybody's everybody and everybody's everybody and everyone else. You know, you can compare every movie to everyone else. Not necessarily, right? Not necessarily. But anyways, all right. So moving on, let's get into it. The Silence of the Lambs. This was was a fun rewatch for me. It's one of my favorite Best Picture winners of all time. Leo, you've seen it before. We've had the discussion whether it's a horror movie or thriller or whatever. Uh, We'll get into that later. Because of some uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Sisko, but I actually want to kick it off with Ryan because he yeah. has never seen it before. So I want your take on Silence of the Lambs. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. I was on the edge of my seat from beginning to end. And it's funny because Casey, you know, she worked a long day and she was already, she didn't get much sleep the night before. So she was going in tired, but she stayed up. And she got far, and I kept looking over like, she's doing good, she's going, she's going. And then I look over, and she's out. I'm like, ah, damn it. So she, has she, had she seen it before? No, she's never seen it before. So we were both like on our first time watching it. Interesting. Yeah, so. She fell asleep from, from being tired. It wasn't no, no, was, yeah, it makes, sense. it makes sense. Just don't show her the other ones, except Manhunter, and then, you know, she'll really fall asleep during Hannibal. Um, but yeah, going into the production of the film, so The Silence of the Lambs is based on a 1988 novel by Thomas Harris, who also wrote Red Dragon and Hannibal. Um, it was the second film to feature the character Hannibal Lecter, the first being Manhunter from 1986, directed by Michael Mann. Prior to the release of Silence of the Lambs, Orion Pictures partnered with Gene Hackman to adapt it for film. So Gene Hackman was actually the first choice and was supposed to play Hannibal Lecter. 
I don't know if it would have worked the same, to be honest with you. Now, there's something about Hopkins' performance that it was, he just was amazing on screen. Yep. The producer actually also had to acquire the rights for, uh, to the Lecter character, which was owned by the Manhunter producer, Dino De Laurentiis, owning the fine. Only owing to the financial failure of Manhunter, uh, De Laurentiis actually lent the rights to Orion for free. Oh wow! Yep, the movie uh, was released with a budget of nineteen million dollars. It made two hundred and seventy-two point <laughs> seven million dollars for nineteen ninety-one. That is bananas, especially for that- a thriller, horror, whatever you want to call it. It is a lot of money. Uh, there was criticism from the LGBT community, and I think it's obvious. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, Silence of the Lambs was criticized by members of the LGBT community for its portrayal of Buffalo Bill as bisexual and, tr- and transgender. Although Bill's sexual orientation is not stated, and Lecter expressly states Bill is not really transsexual, uh, the director Jonathan Demi responded that. Buffalo Bill wasn't a gay character. He was a tormented man who hated himself and wished he was a woman because that would have made him far away from himself as he possibly could be. Demi added that he came to realize that there is a tremendous absence of positive gay characters in the movies, which actually is in my age worse as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Much of the criticism was made towards Foster, who critics allege was a lesbian. In the 1992 interview with Playboy magazine, uh, the feminist and women's right advocate Betty Friedman says, I thought it was an absolute outrage that Silence of the Lambs won four Oscars. I'm not saying that the movie shouldn't have been shown. I'm not denying the movie was an artistic triumph, but it was an evisceration, the skinning of a life of women. That is what I find offensive. So backlash then. I think if this movie was released now, I think it would not be received as well as it was. Do you guys agree? Um, I don't know. I don't think I will agree on that. Just okay. for the fact that online, like on streaming services, like murder stuff like this is pretty, it's still a big hit. Touche. Yeah, like, touche. I think the show Mindhunter is a pretty big show. Like, I think fans do love this serial killer world a lot. I think, I think, it, I think it would do okay. Um, oh no, I mean, I mean the represent, like in terms of like the representation and stuff like that, would there be backlash for it? So I think I think definitely for Buffalo Bill, yep. but as far as the like the, the murder and grotesque ways that these women were were, were mutilated, yep. no, I think that that's 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 actually stuff that other shows still address now. It's not. It's just it's it still appeals to the masses. Yep. Uh, trophy room. So this movie is on AFI's 100 Years 100 Movies as the number 65 greatest movie of all time. 100 Years 100 Thrills, the number f- the fifth thriller of all time uh afi's hundred years heroes and villains clarice starling is number six hannibal lecter number one i don't agree with that uh hundred yeah hundred years hundred movie quotes uh census taker once tried to test me i ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice chiante that's number 21 and then in the 10 year anniversary of 100 years 100 movies it went down to number 74 of all time uh in 2015 entertainment weekly's anniversary year it included silence of the lambs as one of his 25 best movies ever made oscar it is the last movie to win the big five and it's only the third movie to win the big five it won picture director actor actress and adapted screenplay no other movie since then has won all five uh, I won the Globe. It won Best Actress at the Globe. It did not win Best Actor at the Globe. Uh, and then at BAFTA, it won Actor and Actress. 
All right, fellas, age best. Leo, what do you got? Um, so the reason I brought up earlier when I was watching Riverdale, there's the opening credits of Jodie Foster's Clarice running through the woods. Yep. And, you know, she's an FBI agent. And, I, and it's a really cool way to just show, like, her, her physicality, right? She's, she's, in, she's in shape. She's, 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 a, she's an FBI well-trained agent. Uh, and, and during this seven-year time jump in Riverdale, the, the, the Betty character becomes an FBI agent. Oh, and my God. The, the episode begins with her running through the woods. And since I watched the, the, the two so close together, I caught that it was an homage to Silence of the Lambs. Uh, so I thought that aged well, considering they're still, they're still grabbing stuff from it. Um, having a female lead, I think that's aged really, really well. Um, Jodie Foster's character, Clarice, is not being, um, I guess, motivated by a boyfriend or love. Like it's, She's being motivated by doing her due diligence at being a really good detective or FBI agent. You could um, say she was motivated by her love for her dad. Also, yeah, they, they, I guess yeah. Um, Lecter does go into that uh, as far as what, what what brought her into that that the world of law enforcement to begin with, um, and then the way that men don't respect her on the field, <laughs> I thought was unfortunately aged well because it still happens. Although it didn't age well because it still happens. <laughs> Uh, and then some of the iconic scenes, honestly, dude, I think just lotion in the basket, uh, the would you fuck me? <laughs> uh, a lot of these scenes where like people don't even know where the movie comes from clearly have aged well because they're still being used in popular culture. And uh, yeah, I think overall the movie had a really awesome scene, just a lot of awesome scenes all put together, a lot of awesome performances. What do you got, Ray? The score, uh, the leading woman, uh, it puts the lotion in the basket. Hello, Clarice. Goodbye, horses. And yeah. So for me, I, I kind of had the same thing. Female leads in crime thrillers, empowered female characters. Uh, quality, not quantity. Hopkins' screen time is so minimal, but he is in force within the entire film. Uh, serial killers assisting in capturing other killers. Mindhunter does the exact same thing. Uh, I was, was going to ask you about that because of the fact that like the the build of Mindhunter and the build of Silence of the Lambs are very similar. Where yeah. Lecter is the big bad, but he is not the main antagonist. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Hannibal's escape scene. I don't. Uh, I actually do really enjoy that scene, wow. and we're culminating with like I don't know if he he hung him right like a fly. Yeah. Um, Goodbye horses, like you mentioned, Rye. Uh, the clerk, shout out to Clerks Two and Reboot for doing the uh, the comedy <laughs> version of that. Uh, and I did enjoy the finale with the nighttime goggles. So that that's really solid. Age worse, um, money shots in jail cell, and corrupt corrupt wardens. Oh yeah. What do you got, Leo? And obviously uh, the LGB the uh, the LGBTQ yes. comments from before yeah. that I mentioned totally agree there i think age worst is chilton hitting on clarice <laughs> like that's like workplace harassment from the get <laughs> i'm like holy crap i mean it, it, clearly it's to make it to make it's just to build the fact that chilton's an asshole but like i'm like wow that's not a good look um this was one that i understood and i'm pretty sure anyone that watches the wire would probably get this so there's a character it's like a quick hit in mindhunter um, the actor is Frankie Faison. He plays a detective in in um in Mindhunter. He's recast 
to play uh, the the Barney in the in in the in Silence of the Lambs. So I'm like, wait a minute. I was excited when I saw him in Mindhunter. I'm like, oh, I know him from from uh from The Wire. And then I watched Silence of the Lambs. Like he's back, but he's a whole different <laughs> <person>. <laughs> uh, And fax machines. I think fax machines didn't age well. <laughs> what do you What do you got, Ry? All the hitting on Clarice from all the different people, <laughs> 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 and just all the sexism in general. Just like it, it made the some of the movie very uncomfortable, yeah. including the money shot in jail. <laughs> um. So for so we go to the cat the other categories here. So that guy, the Joe Joe Spinell Award, Leo. I actually went with Frankie Faison because I actually didn't know him in anything else but as Barney in the Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. That makes total sense to me. That makes absolute sense to me because yeah, he's not he's very recognizable now to anyone that's watched The Wire, right? Because he's a pretty big character in The Wire. Um, but I totally would I would have put him as my that guy too. I put I went, to, I went with someone else though. What do you what do you got, Leo? I went with uh Dr. Chilton. Okay. Did he heal? <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Do you have anybody here? No, nah, because this is my first, first time watching. Got it. Uh Deadlift String Six Man of the Film Award. Um I think I'm the only one I that may have him here. So I actually have Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill. Dude, that was my six man. Oh, great job. Great job. Yep. I I just think that like you mentioned, the real villain is Hannibal, but he's not. It's Buffalo Bill. And he plays this character to a T, and like he so effective in that role. What do you What do you have, uh, Rye? I have Anthony Hopkins. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> oh, hot take. Um, uh, <laughs> what do you want? I I don't even know what to say. Uh, Leo, did you want to add on that Buffalo Bill? No, no. I think you hit it on the head. I think it's like a it's a the performance is really good too. Like Ted Levine's portrayal of a psychopath and just like the, the mannerisms, the way he moves, the way he talks. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really good performance. It's a solid performance. And it's also, it gives you insight into like, this is, this is what most people re- I think a, a serial killer would be. And then Lecter gives you a whole different like style to look at as well. Um, like one is a mastermind. The other one's like sick. But it's uh yeah I I I think I think without him the the movie probably loses a little bit of the steam too. Yeah I agree. And uh, Becky O'Shea Icebox the MVP of the film. I went with both. You win an Oscar, you get this award. Yeah. So two people get this award: Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Those two are the lifeblood of the film, and th- they are both incredible in the film. So I went with Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Uh, what do you got, Leo? Yeah, similar to you. I, I I couldn't break them up. It's one of those things. Like whenever I pick the award for like MVP, I think to myself, if I take this actor out of this and put someone else into it, can I get just as good a performance? Something about the the Jodie Foster, her innocent look, right? She was very young, and the performance was just really fantastic. And I mean, look, Anthony Hopkins is a legend, but like. The portrayal of freaking Hannibal Lecter, especially after watching Mindhunter and seeing Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, I'm like, you know what? Not anyone could have done that. I think they both were at the top of their game there. What do you got, Rye? Uh, for MVP? Yes. Uh, same. Both Jerry Foster and Hopkins. Nice. Alrighty. Peaks and Valley. So this one's a little bit interesting. So for yeah. Peak, you technically, technically, you could say Jodie Foster. 
That's what I went. I went. I went Jodie Foster. Yeah. Because she never. She has had a fantastic career, and I'm not saying she's not one of the best actresses of this generation. She is, but I don't think she's done anything as great as Silence of the Lambs. So I think this is her peak. Uh, yeah. You had the same thing. Yeah, I went the same way. And actually, I went, I went online to try to like find what happened after this movie with her acting performance, like her performance as an actress. There weren't that many. Um, she tried going into directing, and, and, and I think even some of the performances. The, the only movie I think I remember her from after this was when she was in the uh, the movie with Denzel Washington and um, the, oh, the bank um, heist. Yeah, Inside Man. Inside Man. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know what? I... I don't know what she did too much of this. Luckily, her directing career blew up, and yep. she's done a lot of stuff there. But this was the peak of her as an actress. Yeah, and I mean, she just won the Globe this year, but it's not a performance that touches this. This is one of the best of that decade. Uh, what do you have, Rye? Uh, for Peak. Valley. Peak. For peak. Uh, Casey Lemons, Adriella. Interesting. You know, it's funny, like, you can actually use Anthony Hopkins as peak, too. <laughs> so I thought of that, too, except for the fact that he I think he was nominated for the two popes. Yeah. And I mean, he got nominated this year. So that's kind of where my valley is, because, you know, not Oscar winning, but he has two Oscar nominations since then. So, yeah, I went with Valley there. What about you? What about you? So Valley, I actually went with my my wire fanboy thing. Of course, with makes Frankie, sense. Frankie, Frankie face on. Makes like, sense. Because even though he was in this movie, and actually he wasn't even in this movie, he's in this. He's in Hannibal, and and he and he's technically in um in in um in Manhunter as well. Um, but I think people know him more for going on to be in um in The Wire. Nice. What about you, Rye? What do you go with here? Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Alrighty, so let's go through some fun facts. I have 13 here, lucky 13 for The Silence of the Lambs. So number one, Jodie Foster claims that during the first meeting between Lecter and Starling, Anthony Hopkins mocked her southern accent. That scene was improvised on the spot. Foster's horrified reaction during the scene was genuine since she felt personally attacked. She later thanked Hopkins for generating such an honest reaction. Number two, in preparation for his role... Sir Anthony Hopkins studied files on serial killers. Also, he visited prisons and studied convicted murderers and was present during some court hearings concerning gruesome murderers and serial killers. Number three, The Silence of the Lambs was inspired by the real-life relationship between University of Washington criminology professor uh, and profiler Robert Capel and Ted Bundy. Oh. Interesting. Uh, number four, Sir Anthony Hopkins described his voice for Hannibal Lecter as a combination of Truman Capote and Catherine Hepburn. Number five. This is interesting because I've always I've always felt Anthony Hopkins is a superstar, like top-notch actor of his generation. But Anthony Hopkins viewed this film as the last ditch effort to really break out in Hollywood. Although he had acted in movies and television since the 60s, he had not reached A-list status, nor he had attained the prestige for which he had been hoping for as a screen actor. He went on to say that if the film had garnered, had, hadn't garnered a career boost he was seeking, he was actually going to retire from acting. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't I did not know this. When I saw this in my my research, I was like, wow, that's, that is crazy. Well, uh, you're 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 way better versed at like older films and classic cinema. I know that this is like when I think Anthony Hopkins, I do think Hannibal Lecter. 
what would have other like iconic roles of his been? Uh the Elephant Man, the David Lynch movie. Oh, uh, good one. Yeah. Uh number and mind you, I'm not the biggest fan of the Elephant Man. Uh I think because I like David Lynch being weird, <laughs> this is <laughs> it is not a weird movie. It is literally a pretty much a straightforward narrative. So I I, I want to rewatch it just to see if I have a different feeling. Um, as I mentioned, as at the end of the Academy Awards, this movie became the third movie to win the top five Oscars. Can you guess what the other two are? And I don't think you'll guess one of them. You may guess the second one. Leo, do you have any guesses? So it's act- actor and actress. I'll gi- I'll, I will even give you the years. One of them is in the 30s. The other one's in the 70s. And, uh, I mean, 70s. There's a guess there that I think you may have, but it's not. It, I don't think it's. I don't. It's definitely not that. For act, I think I'm struggling with actress. I. I don't. I know. I can't. I can't. I now. I can't place it. Yep. Um. I know Ryan. You don't have any guesses, right? Sound of music. No, that was nineteen in the sixties, actually. But um, the answer is it happened one night, nineteen thirty-four, uh, and. Okay. One Flew Over's Cuckoo's Nest, 1975. Oh, my Lord. Yes, that yeah. makes sense. Yep. Okay. It's funny. I think The Godfather got close because it got nominated. It won, uh, I think Godfather 2 won screenplay, director, picture. So, no, it didn't win actor because Pacino was robbed. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> num- number seven. One second. Here we go. Number seven. Although the movie got rave reviews when it came out, Gene Sisko, who was notoriously notoriously hostile towards horror movies, slammed the movie and gave it only and and only gave it two stars out of four. And this is where the I wonder. I mean, we talked about whether it's a thriller or horror. I think it's a thriller. There's nothing horror movie ish about this movie. But I wonder if that's where the comparison started, like where Cisco called it a horror movie. Oh, and then people just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, me, go ahead. Ron. Do you think? Do you think it just be like a, a really? A, I mean, I think it's like a childlike way of thinking of it. But like the second there's blood involved, it's got to be a horror. Yeah, because I I know like critics I've seen still call it a horror movie, and I don't. It's just it's just not a horror movie. Like there's nothing about it that's a horror movie. Like The Exorcist is a horror movie, and it was nominated for Best Picture. Get Out is a horror movie. Like this is not a horror movie. I'm just thinking of movies that have been nominated for Best Picture in the horror genre. Ironically, Roger Ebert gave uh gave shit to Siskel after the success of the film <laughs> because of Siskel shitting on it. <laughs> good, good, good. Number eight. Uh, big X Files fans here. Anybody? Ryan. Not really. So Clarice Darling was actually the influence for Dana Scully. Oh shoot! Yep, I can see it. Um, in terms of we mentioned Hannibal Lecter, here are everyone that was considered: Christopher Lloyd. Oh my lord! Wait a second. Just stop. Really? <laughs> yes. I I feel like there's more. There's bigger names here too, but I feel like I should just stop there, right? Holy crap! Um, J- Brown, John, John Hurt, Dustin Hoffman, Patrick Stewart, Louis Gossett Jr., Robert Duvall, Jack Nicholson, and Robert De Niro. Wow. And or Jeremy Irons was actually asked, but he turned down the role, and then Hopkins got it at the end. 
I think Jeremy Irons could have been fun. I think I, that would have been a fun one. I think so. There was also another choice be, be, besides Jody to play Clarice, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, she, she was actually hit, uh, Jonathan Demi's first choice. Ah, see, but I think Michelle Pfeiffer was too much like of a. She's too beautiful. I think if that if that makes any sense, right? I think Jodie Foster was more of like the aw shucks country. Yeah, I see um, what you and mean. I think that lent itself there. Yeah. Um, number eleven, the film was actually briefly considered to be a direct to video to uh, direct to video release because the studio execs felt the subject matter was too distasteful. Oh, that makes sense, especially then. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, look at how many Oscars it won. Um, last two. I'm very interested in your take. The Godfather, the, as of 2015, there are only two sequels to win Best Picture. The Godfather 2, Lord of the Rings. Some people consider this a sequel. Yeah, I was going to so I've been, I've been, I've been wanting to ask you something here. Was it ever contemplated? Because, I mean, I've never seen Mindhunter. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit after. I've never watched Man, uh, Mindhunter. Manhunter, Hunter. yeah, Manhunter. And it is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, so good. So when they decided to make Silence, was there ever a contemplation of just re-getting the same cast? No, because of the money. It made no money. It was a complete failure. Uh, which makes sense. That's that. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I thought it was amazing, and I, I would think, I was thinking, Manhunter is more of a horror movie than this is. Um, it but, does feel like it. Yeah, I, I do see what you mean. It feels. I, I, it only not only does it have the '80s synthesizer score, which I fucking adore. Yes, it, yes, yes. It, it felt very much like a stalkerish feel of a film. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I see what you mean. And they're actually. Just, but, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was gonna say, based on the rules that we've all like know about movies, I guess this is a sequel, though. Yeah, that's why I was like, I wonder what you guys think. Um, Ryan, what do you do? You didn't get a chance to see Manhunter, right? No, I did not. Okay. Right. It is fantastic. It's no, got I, a, yeah. yeah. I plan on watching it. It is really, really good. Um, the last, the last one, an alternate ending showed Doctor Hannibal Lecter on the phone with Clarice, and after he uh, hung up, Chilton was shown tied up to a chair. Doctor Hannibal holding a knife and tell him, "Shall we begin?" Before the camera fades to black. I think I like the ending. We got better. What do you think? Totally agree. Yeah, and that's totally agree. And that's it for Silence of the Lambs. Let's move on to, I guess, the movie. Me and Leo will talk about Manhunter. Listen, I love Michael Mann as a director. There's just something about the way he films movies that just really attract me. I saw Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon first. It took me a while to see my Manhunter, but man, was I blown away. <laughs> no, seriously, it. I love Heat. He is Heat is still my favorite Michael Mann film, but I think this is I feel this is number two. I sincerely think this is the second best movie. It and ironically, the 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 main Will Graham, the guy that plays Will Graham, is on CSI. And the movie is the inspiration for CSI. Get out, really? Yeah. Like the whole procedural investigation stuff, that's all comes from Manhunter. What do you think you're a succession fan and I'm Still only two episodes in. What do you think of Brian Cox? Oh, so it's funny. I barely recognized him. Yeah. I'm like, I, I couldn't quite place his face. I'm like, wait, he looks so familiar. I'm like, wait, Stryker from X-Men? Yeah. <laughs> I I um I do want to do some quick facts here. I, I only got four here for this one. 
there was someone considered to direct this movie that was not Michael Mann. David Lynch was considered to direct. Wow. He ended up having a major effect in the future of interpretation uh, of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Anthony Hopkins has said that Jonathan Demme was inspired to cast him because of the elephant man. Can you imagine the David Lynch Manhunter? So I can imagine David <laughs> so Lynch Manhunter. So can I. So, so the Go thing ahead. is that, um, thank, thanks to you, I watched Manhunter, right? Because typically in my mind, I always realized, I always thought Red Dragon was the only prequel. Doesn't um, it, and I, can I ask you a question since you've seen both? Doesn't it lessen the quality of man, of, of uh, Red Dragon? <laughs> it, so it does. Because I, I, I enjoyed Red Dragon as well, though. I did like it. I, but I, I didn't know there was a better version of it. Yep. And and I was like, oh shoot, this is this is the the only thing I will say about Red Dragon that I like dug a lot was the 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 tattooing that he did to yes. kind of like build on him becoming. Um, and I think that that was something that the the that Manhunter like lacked. But as far as like everything else, I thought that it did it better. Um, but it, the cool part is that the main character I had forgotten about Red Dragon to be honest with you until we did the rewatch now, and I completely forgot that Will Graham. His story with Hannibal is the whole basis of the TV show. And oh, is the, it really? Yeah, man. I think you would really enjoy the TV show because it really does a fan. And Mads Mickelson as Hannibal. Um, I think it's it's such a really good way to like flesh out that world. Um, and it's um, it, you you get a lot of like these David Lynch type moments with like a little bit of like um, you you kind of you start seeing Will Graham's like sinking into psychosis to try to match the psychopaths that he's trying to catch. And it's in a very visual way that reminds me of David Lynch stuff. Yeah. I could have imagined like some out there scene too. Yeah. Of like when he, Oh man, what, what, what a movie it would have been. But regardless, I love this version of it. Uh, in terms of Will Graham, Richard Gere, Mel Gibson, Jeff Bridges, Mickey Rourke, Kyle McLaughlin, Harrison Ford, and Don Johnson were all considered for the role. Like, Wait, Kyle McLaughlin could have been in this too. Which makes sense because David Lynch was, I guarantee you, if David Lynch directed, Kyle McLaughlin would have been Will Graham. Oh, this would have been amazing. <laughs> I wonder if he's like, I'm going to do this movie and uh, I'm not going to do it anymore, but I'm going to make this show called Twin Peaks. And when I make this show Twin Peaks, I think I'm gonna bring Kyle McLaughlin in. Uh, did I? How did? How did? How did I do? Was that a good David Lynch? Actually, that was pretty spot on. <laughs> that was real good. <laughs> and uh, the last two uh, facts here: in a fit of resentment after David Lynch walked from the project, exec- executive producer Dino Dino Laurentiis initially offered writer and director Michael Mann the opportunity to direct, based on a similarity to, of his surname to the re- to the revised title. So stupid. Uh, and finally, I did this for for Ryan, not as much Leo, because I knew Ryan wasn't going to see this one. Brian Cox appeared in X Men Two. That's all it says. That's, that's, that's that's all I got here. And and finally, Hannibal. Ryan, did you get a chance to see Hannibal? Yes, I did. I go for it. It was fine. I mean, oh, there were man. moments I didn't like, and there were moments I was like, okay, like. What, what about you, Leo? What do you think? It's it's the most. It's funny because it's like it it still has Anthony Hopkins, right? And it definitely fleshes him out. There's more Anthony Hopkins, uh, which you would imagine you would be like, oh, this has got to be better. <laughs> 
but it's 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 just a little bit. The pacing's off. It's a little boring. I'm not that big a fan of the recasting of Clarice. I do have uh, I do have uh, reasons for that. I agree there. Yeah, and I think I think Foster yeah was big on that. She she just didn't want to do it. But I think that was also that also helped inform my decision for the MVP because we saw what another Clarice looks like. Yep. and it's not as good. Um, creep, creepy Ray Liotta. <laughs> I, I I will agree with both of you. I I don't like it. I'll say that from the jump. I don't really like it too much. But I think my main problem is that there's too much Hannibal. That whole yeah. story in France or Paris does not work for me at all. Like I feel like it. That's what slows the movie down a lot. It doesn't. It has really no bearing to the actual story where we end up going. So I really have a. I don't like that. Give me more Gary Oldman, and I'm good. Oh, like, first of all, the makeup. Holy crap. <laughs> so I actually, there is a fun fact about Gary Oldman that I have that makes perfect sense. Because he doesn't even sound like Gary Oldman. <laughs> at all. At all. Yeah, so uh, I'll just jump into the facts, and we'll just keep talking about it. So you mentioned the whole uh, Clarice stuff. So producer and director Ridley Scott has some uncertainty with the source material. So there is a, I don't know how accurate this is, but there is a rumor going around that the the writer of the book made it so grotesque that it would be unadaptable. So I don't think, so I don't think he wanted it to be adapted. Like that's why he had Mason Virgil looking like that. And they also have the ending that was changed, which is batshit crazy, uh, which I'll get into in a second. So, um, the movie's ending deals with Clarice and Dr. Hannibal Lecter in the dining room, similar to what we got in the movie, except they have sex and they become lovers. Oh, what the hell? So that was a, one of the reasons um, that Jody didn't want to come back. She thought it was pretty much distasteful. I could see it. Yeah. Um. Number three. That's just stupid. Yeah, I thought I think so too, guys. Like I totally agree with you. Like I don't I don't understand where this was a good idea. Like I understand there's a there's a relationship there, but it's not that. So not that, that no. yeah. Um number three. The part of Mason Virgin was originally offered to Christopher Reeve. Oh shoot. That could have been fun actually. Yeah, so not having read the novel, Reeve showed initial interest in the role, but ultimately declined upon realizing that Virgil was a quadriplegic, facially disfigured child rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, Anthony Hopkins was reportedly furious and heartbroken when Jodie Foster decided that she was not going to return for the role of Clarice. He was also disappointed that Jonathan Demme did, decided not to return as well. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. So both pretty much had the same reasoning. Like, it... it I don't think it would have worked twice anyway because of that middle part of the movie. So I think they made the right choice. Anthony Hopkins, you know, money talks, I guess. Yeah. Um, John Malkovich, when Anthony Hopkins was hesitant to return originally, John Malkovich and Tim Roth were considered to play Hannibal Lecter. Ooh, Malkovich actually in real life looks like a serial killer. So I think that's it. <laughs> And then the the last two here, Jodie Foster declined the role, like I mentioned before. Here, Julianne Moore was cast, but here, who was in consideration? And I know you're probably going to say every actress in Hollywood, but I'm going to go through them. Gillian Anderson. 
oh my gosh, get out. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. What? Christina Applegate. Drew Barrymore. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Blanchett. Sandra Bullock. Jennifer Connelly. Kristen Davis. Cameron Diaz. Shannon Doherty. Julie Lewis Drivers. Nicole Egger. Uh, Calista Flockhart, Bridget Fonda, Terry Hatcher, Helen Hunt, Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lucy Liu, Heather Locklear, Alyssa Milano, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sarah Jessica Parker, Meg Ryan, Winona Ryder, Brooks Shields, Hillary Swank, and Denise Richards. Wow, there was some pretty good ones in there. I think Hillary Swank could have done something with it. Uh, yeah, because this was like after um her win for Boys Don't Cry. I think she could have killed it. Uh, Ryan, you had some thoughts there. <laughs> I have absolutely no <laughs> thoughts. Like I lost track of all the names you said there, to be completely honest. And then the last fact, and you mentioned Gary Oldman is unrecognizable. They actually kept him from the opening credits to hide who he was. Oh, wow. So he is in the well closing done. credits of the movie. Because, yeah, I I didn't even know that was Gary Oldman when I first watched it, too. So I... It's, I didn't... Wait, yeah. Where is... Like, I didn't know until I saw the end credits, to be honest. His death scene is wild, though. The one with the pig? The pigs, yep. yeah. If, if, you're, if you ever watch the movie Snatch, that scene is a... Well, wow. Okay, that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that scene is crazy. But yeah, and then finishing up with Red Dragon, um, we kind of touched on it. It's a poor man's Manhunter. That's pretty much... I only think it exists to make those three movies with Anthony Hopkins. That's the only reason I think it exists. Um. Ryan, have you seen Red Dragon, if not during this rewatch, at ever? No, not at all. Yeah, just watch Manhunter. That's all you need. Okay. And, and then Hannibal Rising, it's terrible. That's all oh, I- my gosh, bro. I watched it. It's so bad. Like, I had already seen it once. I didn't need to see it again to know how terrible it is. It is. It sucks that it's part of this continuity. It does suck that it's part of this continuity. Yeah. So, so in retrospect, now to finish off, like, I don't really view this as a great franchise i think this is a franchise that has two really great entries and the rest are just either bad terrible or just meh do you guys agree there uh i mean it's funny because there's only five of them right there's five movies in here um and it's percentage wise you're uh, two of them are fine or two of them are like one of them is like super iconic and then the rest of them are like eh eh I don't know. Like I rank. I mean, I rank them, and I got like I think you and I have probably have the same rankings. Like Silence, Manhunter, Dragon, Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. Yes, same exact rankings. Yeah, like it's. I think it's an okay franchise. I think it's a really messy franchise because even with Red Dragon trying to like make it continuity, like it's still it's still got some really bad low points. Man, Hannibal Rising is really bad. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> Um, I have not seen Hannibal the series because it got canceled. Like, I feel like is what's the point if it really doesn't have an end type of thing. No, so honestly, dude, I would, I would, even though it was canceled, I totally recommend it because ultimately, what you could just say is that the ending of the show is you could fill it in with the movies. Okay, I get because Will Graham is in the show, right? That's, you mentioned, so that's, and that, I think that's the best part of it is you, this whole show is about Will Graham's story and the. Hannibal's, I guess, maturation as a doctor into a killer and like him stalking his victims. So, so like it's it's really just like it's like a bonus content. So essentially it's like a prequel to Manhunter. Yes, exactly. Perfectly put. Yes. You just you just got me interested. I think I'm gonna start it. Um yeah. and I will let you guys know what I think. All right, so that wraps up 
up for this week. This was a great discussion, guys. Next week, we go back to the list, and it's a long list. I'm actually excited because it's a lighthearted episode, not dark. So next week, I can't believe Pixar is 35 years old. But it is. Dude, how old are we? (laughs) So Pixar's first movie was 1995's, um, or 1995's Toy Story. But the studio was opened up in 1986. So, damn. So we are actually going to rank every single Pixar movie. I, I am so curious, guys, because there's so many great ones. And I don't think there is a, I think there is a right number one. But I think the top 10 for all of us will be completely different. Absolutely agree. I think like we're going to like start talking about like our own personal experiences yep. with these movies. And I am looking forward to this. Like I'm actually want to do a complete as not if as much as I can of a Pixar binge throughout the week just to refresh myself. Like I, I know what my worst one is and I think it'll be everyone's worst. So uh, cars two, I'm looking at you uh, <laughs> until then. See you at the movies. Kids. Mm-hmm.